Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We thank you that your goodness and your mercy pursues us all the days of our lives. We thank you that the lines are falling into us in pleasant places. We have a goodly heritage. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you that you will not dash our foot against a stone. We thank you that you have commanded your angels concerning us to keep us in the way. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God for this opportunity to continue to work the works of him who has sent us. Wow, it is day. For every day that passes by, the night season of our lives is drawing nearer where we will not be able to work. We thank God for this opportunity and we are continuing our discussion on the book of Esther. Last week, Baba took us through chapter 1 and chapter 2. And this week, we are continuing to invite Abena to take us through tonight's discussion. Abena. Okay, so last week, we talked on Esther chapter 1 and 2. This week, we'll be doing Esther chapter 3, 4, and 5. So in, in Esther chapter 3, we see two men with different characteristics being described here. So I'll give a summary of Esther chapter three and then we'll zoom in. So with Esther chapter three, there's Haman who is more like the prime minister and he's been given power by the king. And over here, there's Mordecai as well, who is a Jew and he doesn't want to bow down to Haman or pay his respects to Haman. And Haman is so angry or gets so offended by the fact that Mordecai doesn't want to pay his respects to him. And he goes to the king and receives more power from the king. And with this power, he makes a declaration that all Jews should be killed by the next year just because of Mordecai. But we'll find out more about that as we steady on. So first we'll talk a bit about Haman. So from Esther chapter 3 verse 1, we can see that it says, Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted a man named Haman to the position of prime minister. Haman was the son of Hamedatha, a descendant of Agag. So Haman was an Agagite, and an Agagite is a descendant of Agag. And Agag dates back to the time of Saul, somewhere around the time of Saul. And Agag hated the Jews, like he hated the Jews so much. So from this, you can tell that the fact that Mordecai didn't bow to him. If you read verse 3, verse 1 to 5, it says, Haman was furious when he realized that Mordecai was not going to kneel down before him. And when he learned that Mordecai was a Jew, he decided to do more than punish Mordecai alone. He made plans to kill every Jew in the whole Persian Empire. So first of all, we can see Haman was a proud man and he was filled with so much anger and wrath. And just because 
Mordecai was a Jew and didn't want to bow down to him, he decided to clear all the Jews out of it. And over here, I want us to pause and ask ourselves this question that are we bearing an attitude of love for our neighbors or are we taking notes of what they've done in the past or what they have, their descendants have done in the past? Haman didn't know Mordecai from anywhere, but he knew he was a Jew and they've had like some kind of beef. The Jews and the Eger guys have had some kind of beef, like dating years back. I don't even think he didn't know Haman from anywhere. And I don't think Haman was even alive when all this beef went on. But just because of his hatred for the Jews, I'm sure he was brought up with it and all that. Just because of that, he decided to punish all of them, not just punish them, but kill them off. So I want to ask, I want us to think about this, that have we ever borne an attitude of hatred or any kind of negative attitude towards someone just because they wronged our descendants in the past and it's very common in our setting, a Ghanaian setting, especially with tribalism. You have people saying, oh, this person did this to me and the person was from this tribe. So my family, we've decided that we'll never ever be friends with this person. We'll never help this person from this town or this tribe. We'll never help this person from this political party. But let's not forget that we are Christians. We are supposed to love every single person. And the person hasn't even done anything to you in the first place. So why carry whatever beef your descendants have had in the past towards the future? Maybe your descendants were not Christian, but you are Christian, so let's think about it. Next, in verse 10, the king gave Haman power, and he used that power to make that decree that all Jews must die. And I want to ask us again, do we have power? Are you in a position of power right now? How are you using it? Are you using it to oppress those around you? Are you using it to to do good things for people around you? Are you using it to help people around you? Or you are just using it to, you're just using it to try and show that you have power and punish your enemies. Let's not forget that in the Bible, it says that we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. How much more an innocent person who has not done anything to you, who is not even your enemy, your descendants enemy. This is just not right. And the Bible says so as I've read from this verse. So next, we'll look at Mordecai. Um, Mordecai was a man of great faith, I must say. He chose not to bow to Haman, which is also in verse 3, as I gave a summary. And he chose not to stick to the status quo. He chose not to stick to the systems of the world. He stuck to his own beliefs and he had courage and stood for it, even knowing that his life was at stake. Like, he could have just decided, hey, if I don't bow to this man, he could easily kill me, but he said, no, I'm not going to bow to you just because his life was at stake. I want to ask us now that are you someone who just goes with the flow? Are you someone who just accepts whatever the world throws at you and moves with it? Or you are someone who sticks and stands for your beliefs and for the word of Christ? For example, you go for an interview and before you enter, the secretary tells you, hey, if you go in and they are offering that you should pay a bribe or you should sleep with one of the panelists, do so. If you don't do that, you won't get a job. And the popular quote everyone says is, that's how they do things here, or that's how they do things here. It's a very popular quote everyone says to make you know that if you don't do it however it's supposed to be, 
or how everyone does it, you will not get what you want. But that should not be the case. Let's be like Mordecai. Let's stand for what we believe in. And let's not be afraid of the results that come after it, knowing that the Lord will always show up for us. He never sends us on our way to die, but he always gives us a way through all these things. So next, move to chapter 4. So in chapter 4, Mordecai has learned of this whole decree and everything, and now he goes to his niece. We learned in chapter 1 and 2 that Esther is Mordecai's niece. So he goes to his niece, and his niece is in the palace, so he can't see her. So he goes to the gates. He's mourning, and he catches the attention of her servants. And now they've been communicating, and now Esther is asking, what is the problem? And Mordecai is saying, Haman wants to kill us. Haman wants to kill all Jews, and he's going to kill us. And now Mordecai is also asking her, Mordecai is also asking Esther, please go and beg for us or go and plead for us from the king. Take a plea to the king that we shouldn't be killed. As Jews, we shouldn't be killed. And now let's look at what Esther says. Esther says, this is a reply after Mordecai asks her to go before the king. She says, if anyone, man or woman, goes to the inner courtyard and sees the king without being summoned, that person must die. That is the law. Everyone from the king's advisors to the people in the provinces know that there is only one way to get around this law. If the king holds his gold scepter to someone, then that person's life is spared. But it has been a month since the king sent for me. So this is Esther. And if you read, if you followed us with verse one, chapter one and two, sorry, you realize that she obtained favor in the eyes of the king. And with someone who had obtained favor in the eyes of the king, a regular person would have just gone like, oh, Haman is asking me to go before this king. The person would just, oh, the last time I went, the king liked me and all that. I've gained his favor, so... Let me just go and just go like that. No, she didn't do that. Let's look at what Esther did. So the, there's verse 14. We'll come back to verse 14. But let's jump to verse 15. Esther sent Mordecai this reply. Go and get all the Jews in Susa. Hold a fast and pray for me. Don't eat or drink anything for three days and nights. My servants, women, and I will be doing sin. After that, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I must die for doing it, I will die. I think over here, you can also see she has traits of her uncle. She says, if I must die for doing it, I will die. She's ready to die for her people. She's ready to honor her people. Another good quality of Esther. So from this verse, you can see, as I said before, she could have easily just said, oh, I've gained favor with the king, sorry. So let me just go before the king and lay my request. But no, she didn't do that. First, she went and put her plea before the Lord. So she told them to fast and pray. She sought the face of the Lord in that moment. She knew she couldn't act alone. She knew she couldn't act on her own power. She needed more power from somewhere higher. So rather she acknowledged God, she honored God, and she brought her matter before the Lord. And she told her people to fast. She was fasting, her servants were fasting. Everyone was behind her just before she goes to speak to the king. So from this, we can learn that we shouldn't forget to bring whatever, whatever is bothering us or whatever we are going through before the Lord. And 
Let's seek the counsel and protection of the Lord before we make a very bold step in our lives. And let's run to the Lord first and not men. From this verse, you can see that Esther ran to the Lord first and not men. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, it says, Before the Lord can go before you, you must first invite him to do so. Before the Lord can go before you, you must first invite him to do so. If you don't invite the Lord to go before you, he won't be able to go before you. The Lord doesn't impose upon us, but rather he gives us the will to be able to come to him, ask for his help, and he will go before you. So Esther pleaded and sought the face of the Lord, and the Lord went before her. We'll discuss chapter 4 and 5 intermittently. Sorry, I've mixed it up a bit. But if you follow to chapter 5, in chapter 5, you realize that Esther sought the face of the Lord, and she appeared before the king. And he held out his scepter to her. He held out his scepter to her. I don't think if she went without fasting and all these prayers for three days, she would have been able to do that. You need to seek the face of the Lord so that he paves the way for you. He paves the way for you before men. If you send your requests to him and you gain favor in the eyes of men. I know people say it's true that you can gain favor in the eyes of men with your actions. But there's one very easy and quicker way to gain favor in the eyes of men. And that's through the Lord. The Lord will pave a way for you to gain favor in the eyes of men. It's a very short way to do. You just need to seek his face. You need to seek his counsel. He'll give you wisdom and you act on that wisdom and you will just be fine. You will just be fine. You won't have to do any crazy thing to gain the favor of men. So now let's move back to Esther chapter 4 verse 14. So in Esther chapter 4 verse 14, I would like to read it in the Good News Translation. And it says, If you can keep quiet at a time like this, help will come from heaven to the Jews and they will be saved. But you will die and your father's family will come to an end. This is Mordecai speaking. So after he first proposed the idea of going to plead on behalf of the people in front of the king, Esther says, I I won't be able to go just like that without being invited by the king. And this is Mordecai's reply, that if you keep quiet at a time like this, help will come from heaven to the Jews. So we'll take this verse into two. The first part, if you keep quiet at a time like this, help will come from heaven to the Jews and they will be saved, but you will die, and your father's family will come to an end. So Mordecai was a man of faith again. His faith, once more, you can see, is being portrayed here. He was a man of faith. He wasn't apathetic. He wasn't just thinking, oh, if you won't be able to go, then, oh, Esther, please go. Esther, please go. No, he didn't place his trust. Even though he placed his trust in Esther, it wasn't directly in Esther. His trust was actually in God. He placed his trust in God. And from here, you can see he's saying that if you don't go, someone else will save us or the help will come from heaven. Help could be from anyone and you will be stuck there, but we will be able to come out of this mess. He makes that statement saying that deliverance, the New King James Version says, deliverance and relief will arise from some other place. In the Good News Translation, that other place is heaven. If you keep quiet. So he knew that. He knew without a doubt that help will come from somewhere. His faith was just remarkable. And I want us to know that if you are trusting help to come from somewhere, it's not coming from there. Remember, help doesn't come from a man. Help doesn't come from your boss. Help doesn't come from 
that uncle or whatever wherever you are seeking that help from realize that that help is coming through that person from god the help is coming from god through that person to you so it's not about trusting in men but it's about trusting in god as trusted in god Mordecai also trusted in god it was all about god and not man let's not forget that whatever situation we are going through we trust the lord first and he will make way through man to bring our requests our answer requests so he didn't pamper esther he wasn't being or oh, oh esther will you go will you not go no he wasn't he told her straightforward if you don't go help will come from somewhere else help will come from somewhere else so next we look at the second part of esther chapter 4 verse 14 it says yet who knows maybe it was for a time like this that you were made queen yet who knows maybe it was for a time like this that you were made queen the new king james version says yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this yet who knows you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this i want you to repeat this second part yourself yet who knows whether i have come to the kingdom for such a time as this so over here you realize that Mordecai is asking a very important question who knows whether you you were made queen for such a time as this and if you realize this decision that Esther made to go before the king to plead on behalf of the Jews took them a long way not to wipe out their, their whole race and you know Jesus descended from the line of the Jews so you can imagine if she didn't take this bold step what would have happened but there's one thing to note here I want us to know that there's always a purpose for every season and every situation we go through, every season of life we go through, there's always a purpose for it. And there's always a purpose for every situation we find ourselves in. Wherever we are placed in life, whoever we meet in life, there's always a purpose for that. And we must know that above all, we all have a unique purpose that we were brought on this earth for. We all have a unique purpose that we were brought on this earth for. And let's not forget that if we fail to achieve whatever purpose the Lord has placed on our hearts or concerning our lives, the Lord will always find someone else and empower them to achieve what we weren't able to achieve. And let's keep this sentence in our head. We can fail to achieve our God-given purpose, but the purposes of God can never fail. We can choose not to achieve our purpose, but whatever purpose the Lord gave to you, it will surely be achieved at the end of the day, without, with you or without you. And that's the same thing Mordecai was telling Esther here. She's saying she's not going, she's not sure, can she go, will she not go? No, he's saying, if you won't go, help will come from somewhere else. So I want to tell you today, if the Lord has placed something on your heart and you are contemplating whether to do it or not to do it, you are even privileged to be able to be part of whatever purpose the Lord has placed upon your heart. People are there, they don't get whatever privileges you've gotten to be able to do whatever thing the Lord has placed on your heart. So it, it is very, very crucial that we realize that if we don't achieve whatever purpose it is, we will not achieve the purpose, but the purpose will be achieved. And as I said, some purposes are for certain seasons. So if that season passes you by, and you don't achieve whatever purpose you're supposed to do for that season, automatically someone else will achieve that purpose for you. So let's keep this sentence. We can fail to achieve our God-given purpose, but the purposes of God will never fail. 
they will not fail. You might fail, but the purposes will not fail. So Esther was willing to achieve this purpose. She was willing to achieve this purpose. After Mordecai made that statement, then she proceeded to seek the face of the Lord and realized that she can't do it with her own will. She can't do it with her own mind. And then she proceeded to see the king. Then now we would like to look at chapter 5. So Esther chapter 5. So in chapter 5, Esther invites the king and Haman to a banquet and she appears before the king. The king stretches his scepter to her and she proceeds to speak. And listen, she didn't just go ahead and state whatever she wanted then then just like that. But rather, she invited Haman to be a guest at a banquet. She invited Haman to be a guest at a banquet. So the king ordered Haman to come and they went to be Esther's guest at her banquet. And over there, she was asked what she wants. And then she asked that she wants another request that they come for another banquet again. And I'm sure at this point, you someone may be wondering, what is she doing? She should just ask and go. She should just ask and go. Like, why is she wasting time? She just gets straight to the point. She, the Jews are waiting for her and all that. But let's, with this verse, as I read this part of chapter 5, I realized that Esther was a woman of wisdom. She was a woman of wisdom. And she didn't just go before the king and say, please save my people. Or please, my people are trying to be killed. Let's save them. But rather, she had a plan. She had a plan. And I believe this plan was definitely inspired by God. It was definitely inspired by God. That's why I said in the beginning that when you seek the face of the Lord, when you seek the counsel of God, he gives you wisdom on how to act. And you act accordingly. So I believe she used the wisdom, the God-given wisdom, to plan out her actions. So I don't want to give a spoiler for what is going to go on later but you realize that as her plan unfolds it becomes a success but that will be for next week but we should realize that she acted on the inspiration of God's wisdom and when you seek the face of God there is always a response there's always a response let's not just seek the face of God and not expect a response. Be expectant for a response when you seek the face of God. And he always gives you a word. There's always a word he gives you. There is always a word he gives you to carry you through whatever situation you are going through. If you go before the Lord, you seek the face of the Lord. There's always a response. He always gives a response and he always gives you a word. There's always a word. If you seek the face of the Lord and you don't get a word, keep traveling, keep waiting and you will get that. In fact, you must get that word because that word is what will give you wisdom. That word is what will give you comfort if you are going through trying times. That word is what will be the key to that breakthrough you are looking for. So always make sure that when you seek the face of the Lord, when you send your request to the Lord, whatever you send before the Lord, make sure you receive a word back. If you're not receiving a word back, maybe you're not listening. Maybe you don't want to listen. Because sometimes what God wants to tell us, what if Esther just wanted to go before the Lord? She didn't want to eat and have to entertain the king and Haman. You can imagine if somebody wants to kill you and then you are inviting the person to a banquet, banquet after banquet, banquet after banquet. 
and you are eating with the person, you are dining with the person, you are laughing with the person. I don't think you want to do that. I'm sure you'd have just want to go straight to the point and be like, King, save my people. But no, that's not what I studied. She acted on God's wisdom and whatever God's wisdom was, she went along with it. So whatever word you get for whatever season you are in, just act upon it and trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord like Esther did, as Mordecai did. And let's not be Haman's. So this is the study for the three chapters so far. Thank you. God bless you so much for your perusal of Esther 3, 4, and 5. And as I said last week, we are all encouraged. I'm sure as Abena was sharing, you also noticed some verses that God spoke to you, that certain things became clearer to you. And I'm also encouraging that we should join the study. And anything that God teaches you, anything that you learn, feel free to share with us on our platform. That's primarily the Telegram platform, the household of the Father, just search on the search button. But you just want to spend some time in prayer. There's so much, so much you can learn from Mordecai's actions, the advice Mordecai gave to Esther, Esther's response, Haman, the advice of Haman's wife, etc. You see, many of us, we end at the prayer and the fasting level. But then Esther, even though she had prayed and fasted for three days, she did not just jump and say, Hey, king, this is what is going on. Thou says the Lord, deal with me, man. But she had a strategy. She had an approach. And I feel like many times we think that having prayed alone is just enough. Prayer makes power available. You see, one of the things about football I love so much is that a team can have very good players, but until you have a right manager, you will always fall short at certain matches and at certain key moments in the season. So prayer makes the powerful players available. Prayer makes all the, the good strikers, the good midfielders, the good defenders, the good goalkeepers available. But you need a strategist. You need someone who's able to skillfully blend all these things together. And this person himself must have not even played football before or may not have been, been a good footballer. But what the person had was a strategy. Our issue, I believe, one of the things that has worried many believers is that we don't know how to approach issues. We don't know how to tackle issues. We don't know how to solve issues. We don't know how to approach circumstances. We feel like just as we have prayed, we can just go head on. But Esther had an approach. Esther had a strategy. Esther had a tact. And you see, battles are not just won with the, the ammunition, but battles are won with strategy. And most often than not, is the best strategist that always wins the battle. We want to just spend some time in prayer, our Father. We ask for a mind of ideas, a mind of good strategy. We ask that you will be prudent, you will be able to take good decisions. We would have the wisdom to know how to approach situations in our relationship. When we know how to approach situations in our marriage, we feel like because we are saying the truth, we can say it anyhow. Because we are around people, but even the Bible says that speaking the truth in love, you can speak the truth out of love. There's a way you approach. So Paul said, teaching every man in all wisdom, in all wisdom, there must be a certain level of wisdom, a certain level of strategy, or whatever vision that God has given to you, there needs to be a strategy. Father, we pray that you will grant us the wisdom, you will grant us the good understanding 
you grant us the shrewdness to know how to approach situations in life. We know we are prayed. We know that power is available. But we don't just ask for power, Lord. We ask for a good strategy, Lord. We ask for a good tact, Lord. We ask for a good approach, Lord. We pray for the grace to be prudent. We pray for the grace to be people of good understanding. We pray for grace to be astute, Lord. For indeed, you have given us a sound mind. We pray for the realization of the soundness of our minds in every decision. In the name of our Lord Jesus. You see, this was one of the things that Mary had. Even though Mary had a vision that an angel had appeared to her, she did not just jump right up and go to Joseph that, hey, brother, Joseph, an angel appeared to me, and you must believe me because the baby I'm carrying is that of God. You know, but Mary had the wisdom to know that the same angel who appeared to her will be the same angel that will appear to Joseph. We will always be the right strategy in dealing with times, and we pray for that strategy. We pray that we will know what to do at each moment of our life. We pray that we'll be able to be prudent, we'll be able to be flexible and flow with you. Because at certain times you will say advance and go forth and conquer. At certain times you tell us to retrieve and withdraw. Father, we pray for that ear to hear your instructions, to hear your strategies, to learn your directions in the name of Jesus. We pray for the wisdom that was upon Esther's life. We pray for the strategy that was upon Esther's life in the name of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for this resource made available to us in Christ Jesus. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom. And this is made available to us in the name of our Lord Jesus. We know what the strategy of God, we can never be disadvantaged in this life. Thank you so much, thank you so much for joining us in the study of the book of Esther. And I know that our minds are being renewed, that we will live the transformed life. Remember, the blessing comes in doing the work. And what is God's word to us? Give him your best and make sure that the only thing you owe any man in the year 2021 and beyond is love. See you next to God as we continue our study. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye.